Welcome back to the FishCast. After a couple weeks off, the FishCast is back to discuss the national championship game between Alabama and the Georgia Bulldogs. We'll also discuss much, much more. Good evening and welcome to the FishCast. My name is Corey Long. Joining me as always, the master behind this plan. Charles Fishbine, how you doing, Fish? I feel like we came through a time machine and have yet to land, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah, I know. It doesn't feel like it's been. We're already at the back end of December. And I mean, it feels like we've done one more recently, but no, it's been a a few weeks now. You know, it always happens. I mean, the holidays, and I know you've got, yeah, the coaches convention, which we'll uh, maybe hit on a little later and things like that. So different things are going on. But, um, Primarily, it's it's been kind of a you know you get that period of time, you get the national title game out of the way, and then you know it's there's still there's a lot of stuff still going on in college football because we're still in the recruiting end, but it's the secondary recruiting period. You got the transfer portal. There's a million things going on right now, and uh, none of them are have to do with much that's happening on the field. Uh, but you know, all still things that are being done excuse me um so real fast let's we don't really get into it let's talk about it uh college football playoff championship game happened uh last monday uh georgia 33 18 win over alabama the bulldogs first national title since 1980 um it was a it was a rematch and I, I know I don't think you were as big a fan of the game as I was. I thought it was a decent game. I thought it was competitive. I mean, it was pretty much a one possession game throughout till the end of the till late in the fourth quarter when uh, Keely Ringo had the pick six. But you know, it was good, hard hitting, um, defensive game. And you know, I think Georgia was able to win because all the touchdowns that Bama scored in the SEC game turned into field goals in this game. And, you know, they weren't really able to, they weren't able to get one, one touchdown and that kept the game in striking distance. And then, you know, they made some plays. They got a big run to kind of kickstart things in the second half and they get the pick six late. So, you know, it was, a, it was, a, I thought it was an entertaining game least at that times but it's not it's not what i need to see again if that makes sense yeah i just when you see a sequel it's usually not as good as the original um even though you know at the time all year george has been the best team in the country uh really what happened on monday night should have happened a couple like a month ago when they played an sec championship george is just a better team you could say oh Alabama had the injuries. Listen, Georgia's had injuries too. Um, This is part of being a team. Plus, you recruit at such a high level. These teams are able to just push guys out there even when the back, you know, the starter gets hurt. Georgia was the best team all year. This should have happened a month earlier. Alabama probably wouldn't have been in the playoffs at that point with two losses. You probably would have had uh, some other teams in there. We've discussed this. Georgia did what they needed to. They were the best team. And the result was, uh, you know, I don't think the result was that surprising. I really thought the first game would be 
um, the what we saw on Monday night, the results. And Georgia came out. The strength of their team all year was their defense. Their secondary found uh, – uh, the, they figured out uh, what they had to do against Alabama receivers, even though they went down. But they were still able to do what they needed to do. Alabama not being able to be really good running the football this year. And this was just – you know, this may have been Nick Saban's worst team or one of his worst teams that he's brought to a championship game. And the results weren't really surprising on my end. Uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward. We talked, you know, I thought going into the year um, there'd be a new champion this year. And after 41 years, Georgia was able to uh, deliver to their fans. Kirby Smart got it done. But, you know, he's been building this. This basically debunks a myth that you need a coach uh, that if a coach doesn't win in the first three years, a championship uh, that they're not going to win at all. I mean, Kirby has continued to build that program. He should have probably had one earlier, but sometimes it takes these guys time. People forget that Nick Saban coached at Toledo. He coached at Michigan state. He coached at LSU before he became what he was at Alabama. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys don't have that, long pedigree of coaching him and being able to do what he's done at these other programs. And it takes time to do what he's done and what he's done at Alabama. We've talked about, we'll never be duplicated again. We feel that, and I I'm sure you feel the same way. Kirby's building a nice little powerhouse there in Georgia. He's going to have a chance to uh, get back there next year. They do lose a lot. So it'll be interesting to see what they, what they do. Uh, they've done a good job recruiting but once you win, that puts a target on your back. There's other programs in that conference. We've talked about at Texas A&M, Old Miss. These programs want to knock them off. LSU hired a new coach. Florida hired a new coach. Things are going to get a lot tougher. And I think the conference, we've seen what Tennessee's doing. This conference is only going to get better and uh, continue to dominate college football. Um, do you look at this and think that it's a um... – that it's a changing of the guard, or was this, or was this just Georgia finally getting to Alabama's level, and maybe there's going to be some back and forth between them over the next two, three, four years? Or what do you look at this? Because I mean, you know, I mean, Nick Saban's not going to be at this forever. He's in his seventies now, so we know that. I think we know we got maybe five more years of Saban left that if we're lucky. So. Um, you know, you think this is a chaining of the guard or we still got or, you know, we still got there's still more of Alabama with Nick Saban that we're going to see. Listen, I, you know, as great as he's been, you've seen, you know, first, none of the, his former uh, assistants couldn't beat him. Jimbo got him this year. Uh, Kirby got him. Um, you know, you couldn't beat him at Alabama. These schools have beaten him. Uh, you saw da Dabo beat him in the championship game or the playoffs uh, in the prior five or six years. It it's just it's hard to do what he's done and continue to maintain it. Other teams are gonna are, that are recruiting at the same level. Um, I feel that Alabama is as talented as they've recruited the last couple of years. You got to understand they went from Henry Ruggs, they went from Jerry Judy, they went from Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. These receivers, we knew Aggie Hall, we knew Ja'Cory Brooks. These are good receivers, and they were probably, you know, um, the lower end of the five-star spectrum. They are not what they had. And, and I think sometimes fans think that, 
oh, we continue to sign these classes that these guys are going to continue to come in. And Miami found that out. You know, there's not many Sean Taylors out there. There's not many Willis McGee. Like, you get that one group that's just so talented, and they they dominate college football. And you could still win championships. But if you looked at those two teams, Georgia had the better players, and they had them across the board. I mean, maybe a wide receiver was on Alabama's side. But when you look at running backs, who had the better running backs? Um, Yeah, Alabama is a better quarterback. We'll get into that more. Uh, But Georgia's tight ends, I mean, they've got two guys that are going to be playing on Sundays. Georgia's O-line was better. Georgia's D-line was better. Georgia may have the best linebackers um, to play in the last 10 years. Their secondary was not the greatest at Georgia, but Alabama's wasn't that great either. So I think Georgia surpassed them from top to bottom roster-wise talent. But it's not surprising because if you look at the recruiting classes, they don't lie. Uh, the 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 number of five stars Georgia signed and the high four stars is more than probably Alabama the last couple of years. It, it that's what it's come down to, Corey. We've talked about this. Coaching's great, but it's accumulating talent. Fans, there's a lot of fans, and we know them. They oh, you can take the three star kid and develop them. Those days are over. Um, the days of you know schools winning national titles. Uh, with lesser talent because the bowls allowed teams to go to uh, certain locations without playing the top team. And they won and they went undefeated and nobody else went undefeated. So they were handed a championship trophy. Those days are over. The top teams year in and year out are going to win. You may have one team that just gets on a run like Ohio state did that year uh, in urban Myers with when he had the quarterback come in and, and Ezekiel Elliott was there that that's the, that's the exception. That's not the rule. The t- most talented teams are going to win. They're going to win consistently. And Georgia right now is recruiting at the top is, top of all levels. They're out recruiting Alabama. And we there's a team down there in Texas um, in College Station that they pulled in one of those monster classes this year. They're going to be in this discussion in the next couple of years. You accumulate talent. And you have more talent than everybody else. You're going to win more ball games. And the thing is, you have that ability to lose a game during the year and make it up later in the year, like Alabama did this year. They had lost a game to AM. They beat Georgia in the SEC championship. They made the playoffs. They got a chance. That didn't happen 20 years ago. How many we've discussed it with Florida State and Miami? How many times would they have won championships um, if they had gotten second chances? Uh, or they got a do-over, a mulligan game. So I think Georgia's at the top of the uh, mountain right now, but it's hard to stay there. We've seen it. LSU. LSU was on the top of the mountain just a couple years ago, and they fired their coach. Now, I'm not saying Georgia's going to fire their coach in three years, but it's hard to maintain once you make it to that top level because other teams are gunning at you. Kids, you know, are, are these kids, you have to continue to recruit them at a high level. And you know what happens is, coaching staff start to recruit off a list. And I think some, they, it's, I think it just happens where they start to recruit guys. Oh, this kid's a five-star. So we got to take them. And they stop taking those kids that got them to that level where Georgia's got, not every kid that Georgia's recruited has been a five-star. We've talked about their quarterback was a walk-on. I'm not saying the kid's the greatest, this and that, but will they still be taking a walk-on in four or five years from now, if they're continuing to win, or are they going to, are they going to recruit just elite kids at every position? 
And you see what happened at Clemson. Clemson had a five-star quarterback this year, and the kid's just not as good as the ones they've had in the past. It's not a knock against that quarterback, but that's what happens. I think stats get a little lazy or complacent. I don't want to say lazy, but complacent. It's easier to just recruit all the top kids that want to come. And Georgia has to avoid that. Continue to do what you're doing. Recruit the kids, the top kids in your state. Don't think that, oh, now that we're on the top and kids want to come, we don't have to evaluate anymore and we're just going to go off a list. If they do that and they avoid that urge to just go and grab a top kid out of California or a top kid out of these other states, because now those kids want to come, Georgia will continue to stay at the top of the rankings in college football. You know, um, when we talk about these things, we talk about windows, and I can kind of go back in the history. Miami, back in, uh, they had a window that lasted from their first title in 83 until, like, 92 when they lost to Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, and then, you know, they kind of went downhill for the rest of that decade. Florida State had a window from, like, I mean – they had a bunch of top five finishes, but it's kind of fair to say their window of really having teams that were like championship high was like from like 92, like first Charlie Ward's first year to 2000 <clears throat> when they lost to Oklahoma. They were able to go to the title game five times in that stretch. And uh, you keep looking like USC had kind of a shorter one under Pete Carroll. Um, Clemson, I would say there's went from like four, 2015 to 2020 Alabama's has been from really 2008 where they were one, you know, there were a couple of plays from winning the sec championship and playing for the title that year up until currently it's still running. I mean, we're in 2000, we're finishing the 2021 season. Now, so that's 14 years. And they've won, you know, five, six titles over that period. So do we see – I'm not saying you're going to get a 14-year run. That's pretty pretty impressive. Do, do we see – is Georgia's window just opening? Has it been open for a couple of years and haven't taken advantage of it? Or is it or, – or do we look at this and say, hey, maybe they got a few more years at the – at the rate that they're going, like we're going to talk about the quarterback thing in a second. I think I, I think I know where you're headed, where we're going to be headed with that. But where do you see their window at right now? Are we in the middle of it at the beginning or at the end? I think they're more, probably in the middle of it. Um, it's like I said, what Alabama's done will never be done again. Let, let's just get to that right now. I mean, what Saban's done is remarkable. Um, you know, you could talk about with the Bobby in years where they had top five finishes, but Saban's won national titles and won lots of them. And been in a lot. If if you look, they've basically either been in the game, played for a national title. I, I think only one year in the last ten years they haven't made the playoffs. You know, they've basically been in every playoff since they've had the playoffs. That's just a lot to ask for a program. That means everything's gone your way. And yeah, they're recruiting at a high level, but you saw this year. They did not have the the best 22, and then their depth fell off. So between those two things, at the end, that caught, caught up to them. It's hard to just continue to recruit at that same level. You're asking, um, you know, Kirby Smart you, t- 
to not you're 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 hitting on 70 80% of your classes to continue to do that is saying that you, you're these guys are going to continue to recruit and evaluate at the highest of all levels and it's just not easy to do you've seen it at Clemson you see it now it helps that Georgia's in a state that is loaded you know that's the difference we talked about Clemson Clemson has to go outside their region to bring players in but Alabama does too I mean as good as the state of Alabama is Alabama a lot of their players I mean Najee Harris came from California their quarterbacks from California um, you know, Jalen Hurts was a Texas kid. They're not recruiting. They are recruiting all over. And you have Their whole to, wide receiver cords in Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying you got to yeah. sit there and hit on every single kid. And the odds are, I don't care how good you are, eventually even the best at evaluating are going to miss. And you're going to have guys get hurt. Now you have guys. We've talked about this. When does the transfer portal and when does the NIL start to hurt schools like Alabama and Georgia? Guys, well, that- I think I think Georgia and Alabama, I think you've, you're starting to see the transfer portal hurt them. I mean, those schools get – those schools lose a ton through the portal. Now, because they recruit so well, you know, it, at time, you know, it doesn't always look like it, but like you see with Alabama, like Drew Sanders, that's a legitimate five-star pass rusher that – got hurt and got replaced by Dallas Turner, a kid from Fort Lauderdale, that he realized he's not going to get his job back as a starting edge guy. So he's trans- transferred to um, Texas A&M, didn't he? I forget where he transferred to. I, I, I don't know where he transferred to. Oh, he transferred to Arkansas. Transferred right. to Arkansas. Right. So, and I mean, like, Georgia tonight, but, uh, but, like, Jermaine Burton, one of their top like, – Georgia's had a ton of transfers. Yeah, like, but at what, past, at what point do – you lose those transfers. You get what all they need is one bad class. You just have yeah. one class of twenty five. I don't know if have a bad class. I'm like just talking. I'm talking. A, I'm talking those classes that, that don't hit. That don't hit. They yeah. they're just you don't have any top end NFL guys in that class. Maybe they're just good SEC starters instead of elite SEC. I mean. You saw it this year on Alabama's O-line. Other than Evan Neal, that line, and it's not like they're not recruiting at a high level on the O-line. Their O-line wasn't as good. And yeah. and, and and then and you guys, saw it, you saw you it. Saw it with, like you saw it with, you see it with Clemson too. And like the different, like Clemson, like Clemson's actually in a worse spot because not only are they getting rated by the portal, but Apple doesn't use the portal because he doesn't believe the portal is the right thing. And you see that, and they're not recruiting well either. Like they're starting to take kids that are like head scratchers because, again, they don't want to use the portal. He doesn't cast a wide net in terms of offers. So you know, he's. I, mean, I think they. You know, they ended up taking kids that like their best. I think the kid this week. I'm not gonna say that. Like his best offer was like I think his offers were Georgia Tech and Charleston Southern. This yeah, is Clemson I mean, we're talking but, about. But you, you yeah. look at a kid like Travis Etienne, all right, and I think Shipley's going to play in the NFL. I think he, he's like an old-school John Riggins, yeah. like running back. But you saw when they tried to throw him the ball that he is he's kind of like tight. He's not as fluid as Etienne. Yeah. And that ability – how many games did Etienne win by catching a ball and just yeah. getting one-on-one with the linebacker and just blowing by it. And you saw the drop-off. It's not, it's, it's, it's so minute and it's not 
you don't see it in one game. You see it, it affects, it's all those little plays over the whole season that catch up to you. But Shipley, as good as he is, and he's going to play in the NFL. I, I love the kid. I think he's a great running back. But they they did lose, uh, you know, uh, Demarcus Bowman, who was supposed to be, you know, a five-star running back. And they have no depth at their positions. You look, they lose receivers now. And the guys that are coming in aren't the same as the guys. That I, you go look at the NFL, you look at DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, and you forget the Sammy Wall. Like, they went on a run that they may not have – there may not have been a team in college football outside of Alabama that put better players in the NFL to receiver position. Like, you're put, you're getting NFL Pro Bowl guys to – now you may get a guy that may get drafted in round six or seven. You know, you're not getting these same type of kids – that you got before. So that that's um, a bit, that's a big difference. Uh, when you're, when your team's loaded with first and second rounders compared to a team that may have more free agents and maybe guys that may not even make the NFL, you're still good. You could have the top team in your conference, but you're not to that level. You were. Yeah. And again, you know, a team like Clemson, they decide, you know, for whatever reason, not to use a portal, they can miss out on a, Jamison Williams type of kid that went to Alabama from Ohio State. Like, you know, if Clemson was more of an open door to the portal, maybe Williams goes there. Maybe it's a difference in two victories for him. You, know, you just don't know. There's so many little things you could think about. Um, kind Dude, of, how, You bring up Ohio State. Like, what's Brian Hartline worth? I mean, as a, a, a like, <laughs> is he a $2 million coach because platinum? He's I mean, because I, mean, I watched their bowl game and like they had like three new starters and they were all freshmen. And once they figured out how to hold on to the ball and run after the catch, I'm like, man, Utah's like, all right, man, we're getting their second string receivers. We have a shot. And they were winning the whole game. And these guys eventually went off. And you're like, it, really? This is yeah. not right. But yeah, their second string receivers are, you know, that's a <laughs> they weren't second string by talent. They might have been second string by just their yeah. lack of knowing what to do. But my goodness, they were oh my God. that is a great group. But all right, so so kind of sticking with this, but changing so you know, a lot of it, a lot of the stuff we, we give you know, a little bit of inside uh baseball or inside football because we stuff that we text about we and we've had our fun with Stetson Bennett fourth and all right let's you're not gonna you're not gonna see between me and fish we're not to say we're not fan you know i certainly appreciate what he's done i respect him obviously he's won a championship you can't take that away from him i i as i've said i think he is kind of he's kind of the like i don't think you can win a title like the your team has to be so loaded at so many positions to win a title with a player like Stetson Bennett. I I jokingly say like you know he's a scout team quarterback on a roster full of all Americans and like NFL first and second day picks. Uh, maybe scout team's a little rough. Dude, bad uh, quarter, li, 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 like Eric Crouch won a Heisman. Like bad quarterbacks find a way to win. Yeah, I mean, Gino Toretto. I mean, yeah, like, so. you know, Marshall Falk still pissed off at Gina Toretta. All right. Yeah, like, he should be. Like, yeah. listen, I'm not going to take anything away from him because I truly thought he was going to be the reason they didn't win a championship. And for almost a half of a football game, you're, like, game you're like, after you threw that, after, yeah, after that fumble, you're like, you got to be <laughs> kidding. Like, at what point, like, Kirby honestly has a lot of patience because. 
there's no way I wouldn't have broken the glass. Like I, yeah. after that fumble, I'm like, hey, kid, fumble, man, I'm panicking. Listen, I'm, I'm like, like listen, man. All I, I see is us losing. All I see is like, if I'm Kirby, I'm thinking, all I see is us losing again in that play. Being, and, I, and, you know, that, as much as Keith as Kirby would take for that, the player takes so much more, you know. And the thing is, as we always say, the player's only in there because the coach put him in there. You know? yeah. <laughs> like he Dude, just, he's coming back for another year in JT. Oh, yeah, we're gonna talk, yeah, we're going to oh. talk about that. We're going to talk about their victory tour and how dangerous that might be. Uh, oh, for for yeah. for a window that's halfway open. Oh God. Um, but like we were looking at it like on a level of worst quarterbacks that you've ever seen with a title, and like, and let's be honest, they're from. There was a time period, and you're looking from like I don't know ninety, we'll say like ninety seven, ninety eight to about two thousand and nine, where like. Good quarterbacks didn't win titles. Like I mean, you had Jay Barker, yeah, um, T. Martin. You had Ken Dorsey. You had I Josh see. As, listen, Dorsey's better than those guys. So as no, bad. he's not. No, he's yeah, not. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he you is. know why he's not? Because he would have won two if he was better than those guys. We had a. Well, a wait better, a second. Wait a second. He did win. A, he did he win a, a second better, one. The referees he had did. A listen, team the following year. Yeah, and even 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 if you take a. Before the ref stuff happened, oh, they he, had seven he did not, points through yeah, three he did not, quarters. He did, not pl- he did not play well. Jim Trussell and, and Mike Vrabel realized that all but, we got to do is have this guy. All we got to do is put a little yeah, bit of pressure on this yeah. guy. But Stetson, Stetson, on his back foot. Stetson Bennett never had the Florida State come from behind victory. Like, he never had, you know. Era, it was screen pass to I mean, I think I don't. I think Jay Jay Barker was throwing like eighty yards a game that year. Like yeah, he would Jay hand, Barker. Jay was Barker. Fine. Listen, yeah, Craig Krenzel in two thousand. The, 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 the Dorsey lost. Like that that guy. I don't mean that. He, no, he wasn't. Craig Krenzel was bad. Craig Krenzel uh, was terrible. Matt Mount in two thousand and three. Listen, it went Matt, from it was it went from like you could have any. Listen. Markets Allison almost won a championship. Like, yeah, like those days are over. You know, like, like the only reason FSU didn't win like five titles in a row is because they had Ad Busby and Marcus Allison playing it, playing it back to like three years worth of that. Well, they had one quarterback break his neck and wanky, and freaking yeah. uh, Kendra blew out his knee, and and Drew Henson decided to go play baseball, and and Brian Maurer decided to play baseball. So. They, they went after the right guys. It just, yeah. you know, they had some bad luck, but man, it's, it was a who's who of bad quarterbacks. I mean, that 92 Alabama team, they had a phenomenal defense. They had Great a very, back very good classic. running back, but Tremendous man, offensive line. They were, and they had like know, they, one wide receiver, but Jay Barker was just straight. Yeah, Jay I, Bar- I, yeah, I mean, I don't want the guy to beat my ass one day, but he was but straight Jay trash. Barker's like five. He's, he's straight trash. Dude, I don't um, know, man. I don't want to. Running that, like, that was that, but you know, you look at '92, like you know, Toretta won in '91. Uh, in '90, it was uh, the heck won in '90. It was like the Georgia, I don't even know the Georgia Tech quarterback, like it was split between Georgia Tech and Colorado. I couldn't tell you either one of those quarterbacks. It was probably, like, it was probably Rashawn Salam or someone like that. Dude. No, Salam came later, he was a running back. Not Cordell Stewart didn't win it. Uh, no, I, Cord- I, yeah, it was it was. The quarterback it was a no-name guy. It was just a dude. I mean, they scored ten points to win to yeah. win the title. I mean, I mean Wash- Washington won the title in ninety 
was in 91 with George. Well, yeah, they, they split, split it with Miami. And that, that Washington team was Very phenomenal. Good. Like, honestly, yeah. I think they would have beat Miami that year. They had Steve yeah. Benman. They had uh, Dana Hall. They had uh, that, yeah. that, that team. Mar- that, that, that was probably one of the best big tech. I mean, Pac-10 teams or Pac-12 teams, whatever they were back then in the history but of that conference. Once you get to 2000, and, once you get to like Tebow, which is 2008, yeah, 2009 they, is Greg McElroy, who wasn't great, but he did play, actually won an NFL game you know, as yeah. a starter. Um, 2010, it's, a, it's Cam Newton. 11 and 12 is A.J. McCarron. Again, not great, but was a second-round pick in the NFL. Yeah. And then Jameis Winston, first overall. Yeah. No, uh, it, it, Cardell Stewart, a third stringer that was a third-round pick in the NFL. Yeah. No, you had to be an NFL. Since then, yeah. you've, you've had to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I mean, this is the first one that's 5'8", 170 pounds. I, honestly, it, it looks like my son, Ethan, is out there playing quarterback. I told him after watching the championship game, he still has a chance of playing college football um, if his arm gets a little better because of Stetson Bennett. I, I still believe he has a shot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> now, with Stetson coming back, I'm telling everybody, I'm like, that's bad. That's not a good idea. Like, I would not have – I mean, you couldn't – I guess you couldn't tell him not to come back. But yeah, I'm yeah, also you like, could, yeah, you could have. You could have. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like – you want to talk about a team, they're going to have actual walk-ons after <laughs> like, like whoever needs a quarterback should just rate Georgia's roster because they're going to like, I don't see Beck staying. I don't see, they had the um, Vander Griff or Gro- whatever his name is. Yeah. Like those two guys are gone. I mean, they're going to be start. They're going to have a freshman quarterback. JT Daniels left. <laughs> I mean, like they're going to have a, a freshman quarterback and a running back playing quarterback next year. I mean, it's like, and I, I'm sitting here saying, boy, if this doesn't say nine and three season, because like you can't, you can't you run think, that. You cannot no, run that. No, because like, if Georgia, if you think Georgia's still got a window, you can't. You don't have time for a victory lap. No, and that's like you don't have time for it. No. And Jermaine Burton, one of their best wide receivers, hits the portal to. No, we're, 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 uh, we're taping this on Wednesday. Yeah, he he's tired of blocking, man. Yeah, he's tired of blocking. Like, the word is he's going to go to Alabama. How oh. how, how crazy, crazy would that be if, you know, your guy is in there beating you the following year? He didn't want to – he's like, I'm tired of, you know, catching – I'm tired of catching two targets a game. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I just I, – I don't know. I, I, my worry is that – and, you know, I mean – Maybe, maybe Kirby isn't, you know, I, I like to think that Kirby is in it for legacy. I don't like to think that Kirby's in it like Ed Orgeron was in it, where he was just like, hey, we're going, I'm going to ride this team. And like, you know, Ed just left. Ed was cool. Like, whatever happened, Listen, Kirby's one of the top defensive coordinators in the country. Ed Orgeron was yeah. A great was never a great court. He was never a coordinator. He didn't ever run an off. Like as long as Kirby's there, they're going to have an elite defense. Like they're going to yes. have a top five defense. They're going to have a good running game they're, he like, he's going to maintain like their floor is 10 wins just at that program. They may have a nine and three season, but maybe that comes next year, but you're going to, he's going to constantly be with their recruiting, be a top five coach. He's a great coach. I mean, does he have flaws yet? But ever we've talked about this 
every coach has flaws. Every coach has flaws. Like everybody, that's why when people said, oh, well, Jimbo can't whatever went with Jameis. And Kurt, I mean, what is people like Kirby's a great coach, but he has flaws. Like every coach, they have these blind spots as coaches and it happens. And, you know, I mean, every single one, I mean, other than um, Nick Saban, the only one that really was able to adjust to old, you know, multiple schools is urban. And, but even he had his, his, his born on dater, uh, you know, sell by this date ran out of time every, at every, yeah, year. Urban, like, urban's like milk. You get yeah. that shit sound. And when it goes South, man, that thing tastes really bad. There's lumps in that. All right. Like, yeah, exactly. So we don't know, like, you know, it's going to be interesting, you know, like Kirby is not, Saban, like we've talked about it, but he has a great opportunity now because Saban is a little older um, and, and and they continue to lose coaches. I mean, Alabama continues to lose these coaches. They just lost a very good one in Jay Valai. Um, and, and it's hard to just like at some point recruiting the guys that you have on your staff, you're not going to hit on every coach. Um, I, I, you see the Alabama fans aren't happy with their DC all the things have aligned for so long in Alabama. Are those things just aligned now at Georgia and it's their turn? Maybe they're the team for the next five years. You know, I don't, I don't want to say 10 because it's so hard to maintain, but it may be their time the next four or five years to yeah, really I mean, win another title or two. Sometimes Sam does look at those 50 or so analysts that he has and like, not one of these guys is going to be my off-field coach. Yeah. You know, he usually has a pretty deep pool to – I want, you know what I wonder? Because you really don't see these things reported. They they have about four – and this, this is no exaggeration. Alabama usually carries about 30 to 40 quote-unquote analyst guy. How many of those guys get picked off from year to year? Did that? We just don't hear about it. Just take, like, random mid-major, low-major, one-double-A job just so they can get on the field. Like they, oh, I'm, I would I'm, think there's I'm crazy sure there's turnover. Some. Yeah, I'm sure there's just plays, you know, there's guys that uh, are, you know, some guy that's a GA or, you know, some type guy that shouldn't be a GA, should be on the field, but, you know, they pay their GA 60 grand a year. So I, it's just, you know, but it's hard to continue to maintain that. There's only so many of these guys and you have to hit all the time and, and they've done it. But when does it become you know, you've seen it at, you've seen it at Florida state when Jimbo got his second round of coaches, they weren't as good as that first round and, and the drop off, especially on the recruiting end, if everything's been aligned for Alabama, can you continue to do that? And I think Georgia may have taken that mantle. You look, Kirby hasn't lost a lot of coaches. He lost his D coordinator this year yet to, um, to, uh, you know, to Oregon, but look who he's bringing in. He's bringing in Will Muschamp, who was a former head coach, like who was one of the top defensive coordinators for a long time. And he just hired his buddy T- Tavares Robinson today. Like there's not going to be a drop off there, you know? All right. So playoffs in general, uh, this will be, will be kind of our, our last area for the night on this one. Uh, four, we're here, we hear different things of expansion. The ACC came out unified under their under under Jim Phillips, their um, commissioner, and said that they are against expansion right now. Now, just in a um, in a vacuum, that was like, oh God, here comes a buzzkill. 
But, you know, some people, Dennis Dodd from CBS, some others have kind of, you know, have kind of peeled back the onion. And what I see is, you know, the ACC having only leverage that they have is that this has to be kind of a unified thing. And they're using their leverage to get some things that they want to feel, want want to be addressed. Uh, One of the things, and this was uh, Dave Clawson, and I'm not directly quoting because I don't have the story up, but he basically has a concern about the outflow of roster due to the portal and the inability to have inflow like that. Basically saying, listen, we're struggling to get back to 85. Like we need, because, you know, we have limitations on how many players we can recruit. And obviously when you're in the transfer portal, you can't, there's, there's less of a limitation, but you might not get everybody you want. Uh, most of the time you don't. And it's just, and you know, they're, they're wondering, you know, can we, can we, can, can, can we raise the number of recruits that we're allowed to bring high school? Can we raise the roster overall? Can we give ourselves more opportunities to, you know, have, have, have closer to a full roster, you know, and that, that was one thing, but the other thing, and this was something I heard more recently and I'll, I'll credit Bud Elliott with this uh, because this made way much more sense is that no is that they don't want this entity. If you're going to expand the playoffs, say you're going to have the 12 team, which gives you four, four, I think gives you 11 games total. They don't understand why all 11 – they don't understand why ESPN gets to hold this alone. Like the NFL, their playoffs are broken down. There's NBC, there's CBS, there's Fox, there's ESPN. Four networks, uh, five if you count, you know, ESPN and ABC is separate, are – you know, have playoff rights to a certain extent. They, you know, they rotate their games and divisionals and wild and, cards. And, and, and they're, like, wondering, like, why are we giving everything – to ESPN ABC when we can get a bigger chunk of money if we split this thing up. And that's going to at least give the other conferences that are not the SEC a lot more revenue to be able to compete because they don't like the S the SEC gets the, if, if the ESPN TV money is a pie, if we're not like it's a pie chart, the SEC gets what, 60%, 50%? And then like the Big 12 and the ACC get a little bit. And, you know, the Big 10 has kind of a secondary thing because they get money, they get a lot of their money from Fox. So they get a little bit. Well, and I mean, the, the one thing that's helped the NFL by having it broken up uh, by different networks owning different parts, whether it's Monday night football, Thursday night football, you have the NFL network that shows games, is that. Now these networks have to bid and that raises yeah. the value of each entity. So yeah, when you have one network that controls all your games, there's going to be a ceiling on how much you can make and there's never going to be, they've monopolized it. And, and college football has to realize that's not good for the sport. You want, you want um, Fox to be involved. You want ESPN, you want ABC, NBC, all of them to come to the table and all have a shot at getting at least one conference. Now, one of the other things is, is that if they do expand the playoffs, Corey, I truly believe that each conference, whatever your record is, I don't care if you, if you're, you end up seven and five in the ACC, 
every power five conference should get at least one. You get an automatic bid to the, you you get in. So that eliminates you having eight teams from the sec. And then I think what they need to do, if they go eight or 12, that you have to cap the number of teams from a conference that are at large to like, all right, four, four. like you can't get seven or eight. It's just not going to work that way. We're going to have eight teams. And then um, if a power five team is in there, they have to have a certain criteria to jump in there. If they have, they have to have double digit wins. They have to have a win over. uh, They should have to have um, a team in the top 15. What Like they have to meet certain criteria. So you don't just have some crappy group of five team in there. Like these teams, at that level, since they're not as good, should have certain criteria because they could just pad their stat. You could have a Cincinnati, a BYU. Well, BYU is going to be in the um, Big 12 now, but you could have one of these teams just decide, all right, well, we want to win our conference. We're going to have, you know, three or four really crappy out-of-conference games win our conference, and they're in there, and they're really – they don't deserve to be in there. So there's they can set it up, but there needs to be one team in all the power conferences no matter what. So if you're a Pac-12 team – I don't care if Oregon had two losses this year, Utah or whoever, they showed they were good enough to play with Ohio state. They should have been in the playoffs. If it's an eight or 12 team playoff, like they should be in period. They, they won their conference. They deserve to be in and that's it. And that allows you to get more eyeballs. You're going to get the PAC 12 audience. That's going to watch that playoff game, whoever it is, whether it's Oregon, USC, and it gives those teams a chance and more, you know, I know we've talked to, about Demo and he loves the SEC, but this was the least watched national championship uh, outside of one a couple years ago since the playoffs have started. All right. That is not good for college football. The SEC may love it, but it, the people that run that sport, the people that run the ESPN cannot be happy that the, that the stats on that game were only the they were the second worst. That's not good for their brand, and they have to understand that. And there's people way smarter than us, Corey, that see that and understand that that everybody needs to be part of this. You can't just cut off seventy five percent of the nation because the best college football is in five or six states. You just can't do it. Yeah, it just, I mean, it's you 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 become a regional sport. And, you know, and getting back to like the TV end of things is like all like the, the only chance there is for additional revenue is through splitting up the playoff. If you're going to expand the playoffs, it's through splitting it up their networks because all of these schools like the ES, like the ACC is under a terrible brand of rights deal. It doesn't pay them much of nothing that John Swofford signed. And like they're stuck in that thing until like 2030 something. It feels like I really, if so, I was Miami, Clemson, and the top teams, I, 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 I would fight now to get out of it. Like they, you can. But I think, I think the way you can do that is by splitting up the playoff money. Like once it, the, the problem is until they, until they see, until they can really put something up for bid and see what the net, what other networks value them as. Then you know, then you can start to have that discussion. Unfortunately, I can't have that discussion right now because ESPN owns all the college football, with the exception of Fox's whatever deal Fox has with the uh, Big, Big Ten, 10. the Big, Big Twelve. They, they do a little Big Twelve, a little Pac Ten, Pac Twelve. But 
like ESPN has ESPN's taken you know the SEC contract from CBS, which they're paying umpty million dollars for. So a lot of these, so it's like they don't. There's no opportunity for the Big Twelve for the ACC. There's no opportunity to make additional money unless they unless they split up the, the playoff rights. Like that's where their money's got to be until they can. And once that happens, I think they can figure out like some sort of settlement to get out of some of this grant of rights that they're sitting in because it's like they're. It's because it I'll tell you what it does is it stops, it, you know, for a lot of it, it just stops the general motion. It's like Texas and Oklahoma are probably going to be stuck in the Big 12 two years longer than they want to because the Big 12 is going to force them to pay probably a little north of $100 million to get out of those grant rights because they know they ain't going to get no money any other way. Like, nah, they- we've got to squeeze everything we can out of those two schools. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I think so. I kind of applaud the ACC for what they're doing here because finally somebody sees that, hey, we're falling so far behind in this money game that this is the only asset we have that we can catch up with. You know, the, the, the problem is, is that the SEC is probably like, I'm sure they're, they're for expansion, but they don't need it. You know, they get two teams out of four every year. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. We don't, you know, so it's, it's a lot. I think they're going to figure it out. They're going to come to a terms, but I do think what the ACC is doing is the right thing. No, uh, there's, there's no, there's no question. There's no question that they're going to have to figure it out. Like I said, money talks. Absolutely. These, they're not in the business of losing money. All right. ESPN's not in the business of losing money. You lose viewers, you're going to lose money. There's less, the, the advertisers are not, you know, they're, they're not going to give you what you're, the money comes down. Listen, if they want to learn from somebody, just take a look at what the NFL does and understand why it's the most popular sport of all the sports and why it's the most successful and why none of the, you don't see their teams freaking going bankrupt or, or they're broke or they have owners that it's just the sport gets it from the commissioner down to each owner they understand that each market is important yes you want you want dallas to be good yes you want the teams to la to be in la to be good yes you want the teams in new york to be good but they're not guaranteed to be good unless those organizations are good you know you have to hire the right people you know you have to draft well it doesn't matter, you know, the, the free agency, the, the the salary cap, everything's equal. Everybody's playing with the same deck. And if you have that, you have a better sport for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So we're at we're at about 45 minutes. So I think we can uh, kind of start closing now. What else is uh oh coaching convention real fast? You're in San Antonio, coaches convention. Uh, you know, that's what you uh business types are gotta you rub elbows, hang out in the hotel lobbies and stuff. Uh, anything, was there anything that really stuck out to you at the convention this year? Or was it a normal, uh, normal yeah, just hodgepodge? It, it, it went back. <laughs> Sorry about that. It did go back to uh, what it's been. There was a lot of coaches there. It was, it was funny. There was one guy that was like clearing the hall because I guess they wanted social distance. 
um, one day. And then the next day I didn't see that guy. And there was like 10,000 coaches in this lobby. (laughs) I just think he realized, man, I have no shot. But um, a lot of head coaches there, you know, were there, uh, you know, you run into and, and, and a lot of assistant coaches and a lot of guys looking for jobs. And it was it was a good event. I met a lot of coaches. Um, I think I made a little money, hopefully, uh, as far as schools coming on and buying my service again. Um, but it was just nice to get back around and see these guys again um, when it didn't happen last year. So it was good. To, yeah. It was a good event. Uh, excellent. Uh, I think it's something else that I worked on. Uh, Kevin Coleman, top 100 player in the country out of St. Louis. Goes to Jackson State. You and I talked about this when it happened. You were you didn't know what the Jackson State logo looked like, so you're like, "What is this blue?" I, I'm like, I had no idea. Like, I thought maybe the Georgia Bulldog spelled Georgia with the J, and it was because it was like ah. red, it was like red and black. I thought maybe it was like a throwback to like the 30s or something. I, I had no idea what that hat was at the end, and then I'm like, "Oh, you got to be kidding! This kid's gonna pick Jackson State." Um, you know, listen, we've talked about it. Um, I, I think it's crazy. I, I don't, I really, I wasn't a huge fan of his, so it wouldn't shock me to really never hear from this kid again. Um, but hopefully it works out. I mean, I hope that everything they were promised and they think they're getting, because listen, it's a different animal, uh, the one double A's and the HBCUs. And, you know, the one thing is, is when you go, whether you go to Georgia, you go to Alabama, you do get treated like a king and um, those, those you, you're not going to get those same locker rooms. You're not going to get those same uh, handshakes after the games. You're not going to get, you know, it's just, it's a different, it's a different animal. And I, I hope that him and Hunter made the right decisions. It wouldn't shock me to see both of them transfer up next year if they do have good years, but um you know, it's crazy. I, we were the first ones to bring it up. We spoke to Willie Simmons, um, you know, the head coach at FAMU. We asked him uh, because there was a basketball player that was like a top five or top 15 guy last year, a five-star guy that picked Howard. And we asked him, do you believe that this could trickle down to the football ranks? And he wasn't sure. And it's it's crazy. You've seen um, these schools, these HBCUs, like I just spoke to a coach that was at an HBCU at the coaching convention, I had no idea Eddie George took one of these jobs. So yeah, yeah, Tennessee state. Yeah. yeah, So these guys are not hiring no name coaches. And these are guys that when they step in to a family's home, they played high school football. They, like you said, they look like them. They act like them. They talk like them. The parents feel comfortable around these guys. And it may be something that we see a lot more of because Really, at the end of the day, if you're good, the, the NFL teams are going to find you. We've already – I mean, there was a kid, I think, out of Alabama State two years ago that went first round as an old lineman. If you're good enough, yeah, the NFL is going to find you. And I tell got kids all the time, stop choosing schools because coaches. Those The coaches come and go. You better love that school for the next three or four years. I mean, you're not going there thinking, oh, well, I'm going to hit the transfer portal in a year. If you are – then man, that's, that's not a good situation. Like you got to pick a school that you really do want to be at for the next three or four years. And a lot of these kids may say, you know what, only so many teams, you know, they may start saying it, Hey, there's only so many spots on these teams. I'm not going to probably win a national title. I will. I do want to enjoy the next three years. 
I can make the NIL money now. Hey, maybe it's better I go to a school I feel more comfortable at. And it may happen more and more. You may see this may not just be, you know, Dion may leave and, and you may, it may not matter. It, it, he may have started a trend um, and there's going to be a lot of people that say no way, but you just don't know these, these kids may just feel more comfortable, um, you know, going to these schools. I mean, heck, the, our, the vice president of this country, I believe went to an HBCU. So it's well, not, Howard, like, yeah. yeah. So it's not like, you can't, it used to be, oh, if you went to one of these schools, you couldn't be successful or people would demean these schools. You can't ha- be successful in life if that's the route you want to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was funny. Once I saw, I knew what Jackson State's hat looked like. And when I saw it up there, I knew that was where he was going. Cause like I told you on the phone, I'm like, I bet you money that Dion said, don't put my hat up on that table if you ain't going to pick it. You know, like that sounds like a, a Dion thing to say. He's not gonna, he's not gonna, he's not gonna let himself uh, be used. So uh, yeah, we'll see. How, I mean, if nothing else, it's gonna be very interesting to monitor. You know, both those guys at uh, Jackson State next year and see how they, see how they come along, see how they play, see how they compete. Um, it'll be, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun, and I think it, you know, it's always something that makes college football a little more interesting. Yeah. If we can, if the recruiting opens up a little bit more and makes the whole thing a little bit more interesting. Hey, so Jackson, Jackson State should try to make a deal with one network and say, listen, show all our games on Wednesday night. We'll compete with the Mac. Let's let's go. Like yeah. every game the whole year is on, a, is on Wednesday nights. And trust me, that team will get a lot of eyeballs on it. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, it doesn't – they're in the SWAC conference, you know, from an HB, from a big picture standpoint, you know – the other HBCUs have to be loving this because they know that, you know, Jackson State games are probably, you know, maybe they get on that ESPNU, maybe they get on the ESPNU, whatever. ESPN might show more of their games live, and that means they got to play somebody, right? So they're playing somebody in conference. So that's two teams that get on, you know, live broadcast on a Saturday at some point. So that's a, you know, and that, that of course, is a good thing. So, um. Well, let's see. What else? Uh, we're going to go. Oh, yeah. A couple of just, we're going to have a recruiting podcast coming up. We're just going to talk a little bit about kind of the secondary, these final weeks, you know, something for coaches, especially coaches. You want to understand how to kind of handle your players, your outgoing seniors, your underclassmen, as we hit this period where the second national signing day is coming up and it's a lot more underclassmen evaluation time. So we're just going to give you some tips of where to go, you know, how to, for underclassmen, you know, you know, how to, how to kind of work your off season schedule for the seniors that are, you know, going to the lower division schools, you know, it's patience. It's about patience and about, you know, finding fits and, you know, hopefully, hopefully some of the information we give, you know, coaches and players will be able to use it. Um, uh, also, real quick, our friend, our buddy Larry Bluestein, I want to send out, you know, prayers and well wishes to him. Uh, you and I have both known Larry for just a very long time, and uh, you know, we we hope he gets better real soon, uh, because God knows that this whole thing is a lot better when Larry is healthy. Oh, there's no question about that. So, uh, anything else you got, buddy? No, man. I it's it was good to get back on. I know. Uh, I, 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 like I'm I, I like, now. No, so and um, give uh, you know, give our, our listeners where they could 
you know, get on and listen to us, man. You got to give your spiel. You, you forgot about that. No, no, I was, I was going to go to that. Absolutely. Uh, you, know, you can catch us on Twitter at the Fish Podcast. Uh, the Fishcast is available in uh, several, and uh, pretty much anywhere where you can listen to podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, you name it. Uh, Justin Otto, is he still our producer? Yes, he is. Yes, I, I mean. <laughs> He's he he's like damn I got out I'm you know he still gets paid and and he's probably like oh man uh, I haven't had to do work in a while but I'm gonna send him this one right now. So. All right, yeah, Justin Otto is still our producer. Uh, thanks everybody over the FNF Coaches Network for helping us with distribution, and uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, maybe we'll uh, find Demo after he's done. Uh, I think he's been down at the parade in uh, Athens. He's such a he, I've never seen a guy root for both programs at the same time. Oh my God. He, 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 <laughs> I mean, honestly, he pulled a flip flop. I, I, every single, um, game or during the game, it's like, all right, Georgia took the lead. He's like, oh man, Georgia's the best. Alabama took the lead. Oh man, the 11 old tied. I mean, like, man, he is. He's like, I told you guys Georgia from the beginning. I'm like, you did? Okay. If you say so, whatever. Oh, man. Like, he forgets that text messages don't just delete themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I mean, I think the fact that both schools with the color red helped them put jerseys a lot easier. You know? Oh, <laughs> like, my God, man. But we'll, we'll get him back on real soon. And uh, as always, I appreciate everybody out there listening. Uh, thank you for your time, Fish. And uh, we'll get back with the guys real soon. We'll get back with the real people real soon, right? No doubt, man. I'm out. Take care. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.